Chalaper Gimel Mishnah Hey 3.5. We go back to Chala now, but still on the same idea of that moment of truth. Now we focus on the question of when a non-Jew's dough gets into the mix over here, literally, literally and figuratively. So the basic idea, of course, is Arisoseichem. Your dough means yours and not a non-Jew's, and therefore non-Jewish dough is exempt from the challah requirement. Jewish dough is required to be tied, taking out challah. Now, an important thing to keep in mind is that we're talking about who owns the dough, not who does the kneading. So if a Jew owns dough and gives it to a Gentile to knead, it must have challah taken out of it. If a Gentile gives a Jew the Gentile's dough to knead, it'll be exempt from challah because it's owned by a Gentile. That's what the Mishnah says here for starters. If a Gentile gives a Jew a flour to prepare dough out of it, patura minachala, that dough will be exempt from challah since it's owned by a Gentile. Nasna lo matana, if after that, meaning after the Gentile gives the Jew the flour, the Gentile says, you know what? I don't need that bread after all. You can have it. So now, is there an obligation to take challah or not? The answer is very straightforwardly. It depends. Has the moment of truth occurred? If Gilgul's occurred, so then it was non-Jewishly owned at the time and exempt. If the gift was given and it became a Jewish dough and then Gilgul happens after that, it's Gilgul of a Jewish dough and it'll be obligated. That's what it says here. Nathalomatana, if the non-Jew gives the Jew that flour as a gift, Ajlo Gilgil, if it's prior to the fully thorough kneading of the flour and water together, so then when that occurs, it'll be Jewishly owned and therefore Chayev, obligated. Umisha Gilgel, if the Jew had already thoroughly mixed the non-Jews flour and water together, and then the non-Jew says you can keep that dough after Gilgal, then Pater will be exempt because at the moment of truth, it was not owned by a non-Jew. Now, what about if you have a Jew and non-Jew making um, dough together as a single batch, like in partnership? So when it comes to two Jews, not the case of our Mishnah, but if two Jews each contributed, let's say, you know, one kav of flour together, said now two kav worth, which is more than the requisite, five-fourths, and they're preparing one big dough, which they'll divide in half. So that dough will be obligated in, they'll be, sorry, it'll combine to make a single dough owned by Jews and be obligated in the obligation for challah. However, if a non-Jew is one of the two owners, it'll be exempt unless the Jew by himself owns the requisite amount of flour. In other words, if a Jew put in five-fourths of a kav, and let's say a non-Jew added another three-quarters, so now you have a total of two kavin, but since five-fourths are owned by a Jew, that mixture still must be tithed, meaning challah taken from it, because the requisite amount is Jewishly owned. The mission says inside, Ha'ose isa im hanachri, if one's preparing a dough where he owns a part of the flour and the non-Jew owns part of the flour. Im ein b'shel Yisrael k'shi'ur challah, unless the Jew alone owns enough flour in the mix to be independently obligated in challah, ignoring the non-Jewish component, Patur minachala. Without that, the mixture will be exempt from chala, even if combining Jew and non-Jew quantities passes the threshold of five-fourths of a kav. It doesn't matter. It's not enough. It has to be a Jew by himself. Now, just an m- important point here. In practice, if this actually happens, meaning if a non-Jew does put in the five-fourths of kav and the Jew puts in, for sake, argument's sake, three-quarters, you have a two-kav worth of flour, you make the dough. That dough is obligated in chala because it is five-fourths of a kav belonging to a Jew. So you are allowed, yes, you may take challah from the combined doughs, even though 
some of what you're taking out will be, let's say, potentially Gentile-owned dough and exempt from challah, one may take the challah out while still the doughs are conjoined. And the reason why is because, first of all, we say that there is bila b'davar lach, that if you um, have something which is like, um, like like a liquid that can be thoroughly blended, and we do say that all the pieces are exactly blended together, prorated, so you get the mathematical right amount when you take out um, the the dough. But but more than that, you might say, well, good, if that's the case, so then your some of the, in the example I gave, uh five-eighths, right? Five-eighths of the dough were Jewishly owned and three-eighths were non-Jewishly owned. So you'd say, listen, it's only five-eighths of what you're calling challah is really challah and three-eighths is not eligible, so it would be taken from exempt dough on chiv dough. So it's still okay. And the reason why is because, if you recall, mid-do-oraisa, um, there's no shear at all. This is only a shear derabanan. And in such a case, it's the sh- all the shear, I mean the shear of taking one-twenty-fourth of your private dough, is only a rabbinic requirement, and here the rabbi is allowed. Um, and that being the case, it's, it's no problem. That's how the Shulchan Aruch, in fact, paskins the halacha.